the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. We're so glad that you joined us once again. It is episode number 63 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. I'm John Taylor, along with comedian Shan Carr. What you got lined up today, Shan? Ah, well, we're going to hear a quick little word from Brad, who's out of town, and we'll be back next week. And then we've got our favorites. We've got Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent. Um, and we've got Dr. Laura Rush. So a little politics, a little gossip, a little medicine. We got the early part of our show set up. And then in our guest section, we have Lucy and Gail, Lucy DeBartleben and Gail Christian, who were also our Woman Crush Wednesdays last week or yesterday. Um, and they are movers and makers. They do all kinds of stuff. We're gonna find out about them. I mean, really all kinds of stuff for women in Palm Springs. And then Charles Drabkin, who is the Gay Desert Guide food blogger, uh, will be on. And uh, I went to dinner with him last night. Uh, mm. So we'll have, we'll talk all about that. I can't wait to do it. All right. So Charles will be our dessert. What do you say we drag Brad Fur into this thing uh, from his remote lair? Brad, tell us who brings us today's episode. Tori Nissan in La Quinta, who where the, uh, the, the, the Gay Desert Guide, Tori Nissan Leaf, was birthed. Uh, it was wrapped by our friends at uh, Desert Wraps, and uh, now it's uh, sitting in my driveway with um, a little smoke and ash on it. I need to get it down to Desert Hand to get it cleaned up. But I got cleaned up today. Have you seen that I'm quaffed? I'm newly quaffed. Yeah. Is there going to be a barbershop mention to pay for this haircut? No, I'm not going to. But I, but, but I will. I'll, I'll gladly recommend it. You know, privately. No, he's a great guy. He's an advertiser of Gay Desert Guide. Scott Ryden is his name. So yes, I will do a little push. But he's so busy. He's he's been working continuously since the fourth, and has not had a day off until this Sunday. So that's like 14, 16 days straight of working. So he's like, I don't need any more business right now. Whatever you do. Well, it looks great. It really is a great cut. It does. Mine is well, by Casa de Roommate. <laughs> well, at right. least you've got somebody to cut your hair. And mine is Ode to Swimming Pool. Yes. Mm. You haven't taught Smidge how to cut your hair yet? No. <laughs> and does, he, does he do your nails? No. <laughs> These days, I am nearly biting my nails. What is in the next edition of the uh, Gay Desert Guide weekly newsletter? Well, so many uh, things going on, and as you might as you might imagine, many of them are virtual. Uh, K Gay's summer concert series is just about wrapping up this Sunday, September twentieth, my birthday. Uh, will be uh, uh, Christine W. Uh, they've got a very special one. And I'm sure they, they, they saved the best just for my birthday, right? Yeah. I love her. Yeah, she's uh, pretty fabulous. Um, now, this Saturday, um, I think I'm going to be on the, uh, the daddies, uh, the daddies uh, dating game. So, Shan, I think you're going to be joining us, uh, daddies and their hunters, on Saturday. That's our uh, This Week Fun and Games department. This is both fun and games and dating, all in one uh, fell swoop. So... That happens on Saturday night, 6 p.m. Yep. And we've got a special discount code on our website. And I'm sorry, on our newsletter, if you're a subscriber to our newsletter. The lesbians have their turn at speed dating for all women of all ages. That is next Saturday, the 26th. 
And then along with our friends at IBC, we're doing the Big Gay Bear Hunt virtual speed dating on Tuesday, September the 29th. The 22nd is Zoom That Tune in Fun and Games. How did I miss that one? I miss Zoom That Tune. So yes, Zoom That Tune. And then you've got uh, November or October. We'll talk next week about October, but Shan's got a really cool fundraiser that she's doing for a bar. And I'm looking forward to learning more about that when we get to next week. Great. It is just about the end. We're about a week away from the end of the LGBTQ film festival called Cinema Diverse. And that, of course, is a streaming event. Uh, Shan was on the selection committee, so some of these films have been handpicked by our own Shan Carr. <laughs> Thank you very much for all the work you do um, volunteering for Cinema Diverse. CV Rep, rec, rep uh, tonight has Monologue Mania. Uh, the virtual real wine tastings are happening again at Boucher. That's something you do both in person. So you get to sip your wine in person. You pick that up at Boucher. But then you watch the winemakers comment about it on Zoom. And this week it is Wines Doing the Taste of Portugal. Mm. We're proud to be a sponsor of the Virtual Desert AIDS Walk coming up in about a month now, October 23rd and 24th. Um, the walk is important. Their goal is about $350,000 this year. There is a team that I'm a part of, the Desert Business Association team. And Shan and John, if you'd like to join me for a virtual walk, um, I would welcome to have you on my team. How's that? Thank you. Thanks. As long as David Powell is on it. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's the leader of the pack, as they say. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Speaking of vroom, 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 Dennis Hopper's display is on uh, at the Lighthouse. There is some great old photos of uh, Dennis Hopper, um, and those are mostly of him on his motorcycle. The Lighthouse Dispensary and Boutique is on uh, North Palm Canyon. There's some great old photos from the 1960s on display there. Want to get out and walk around in real in, or for real? Um, then check out Sunnylands. They have reopened the yeah. Sunnylands Center and Gardens Wednesdays through Sundays. We're glad to have them reopened. The center has a lot of virtual events that we are promoting on our website. We're happy to chat with you and show you all the things that uh, are happening, including managing emotions during a pandemic. Jill Hamston, yes. Oh, sorry. Motion. Uh, Jill, to we had her on the show a few weeks ago, and she's doing some uh, some some group work there. Um, and then two last things. Uh, welcome to our new partner, Reliable Roofing. Someday it may rain, and someday you may need a roof that doesn't leak. Uh, Reliable Roofing is licensed, bonded, fully insured, and LGBTQ friendly. We're happy to have them on board with us. And Johannes Palm Springs is your hot deal. This week's gay group on as John Taylor would say. Uh, now, Johannes is not yet open. Um, he's decided to wait just a little bit more, get the whole patio vibe thing going right. But go ahead and buy your gift certificate now, 30% off a Johannes gift certificate, a $25 gift certificate for just $17.50 on the Hot Deals program. And we have hot deals from people like Dickie's Barbecue, V Wine Lounge, Lulu California Bistro, Pinocchio, Runway Boucher, and so much more. And that, my friends, is a look at what's happening this week in I Love Gay Palm Springs.
And you can sign up and get that newsletter. Just go to the uh, gaydesertguide.com website or the Facebook page, and uh, you can get that in your inbox and save some money, find out about some cool things. Hey, did you guys watch any of the um, LGBT Center uh, telethon for Los Angeles that our friend Daniel Valencourt was on the show last weekend, uh, was uh, the writer of? Got just a little bit of it. Wow, there was so many layers. There was so much work. What a great job they did. Yeah, they were looking for a million, and they got nearly 1.3 million. People were big and deep and really showing up, and Jane Lynch was a delight. And Bruce Valanche, I saw his little, I know he's a dear friend of yours, Jan. And he he was great. He said, "Hi, I'm Bruce Falange, and I am t- I am now a gay senior. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, the only place that had services for gay seniors was Palm Springs." Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad. Thank you so much. We know that you have some uh, traveling to do for some family business, and we will welcome you back to I Love Gay Palm Springs for next week's edition. Travel safe, and uh, we'll miss you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on today. Okay, here we are. This is the uh, support group uh, section of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. And we welcome under the whirring blades of that fan is Dr. Laura Rush. Oh, and now she's <laughs> and now she's got like a beanie hat. So uh, Dr. Laura Rush, thank you for being with us. And of course, we have the uh, publisher and editor of the Coachella Valley Independent at cvindependent.com. It's Jimmy Bogle, who also has a whirring fan. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you won't see this, but I can see that you guys are being fanned beautifully. You've got some ventilation going on. Welcome. Thank you for having me back. With COVID, you've got to have the ventilation, man. It's, you do. It's I have a cheesy great. little fan stapled to my, oh, screw, I'm going to unplug everything. Fuck it. Now. Oh, screw it. I mean, a P-O-O. Cursing. I've been cursing lately. What's uh, happening? I have a tiny little clip-on fan. Oh, that's nice, though. Good. I just sit here and sweat for this podcast, people. We noticed that. We noticed that, as a matter of fact. But Jimmy's right. We all need ventilation. The air quality has been horrible lately. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm my mom's up in I, Oregon. Yeah, I'm starting to get my Brenda Vaccaro voice, which means I'm getting a little bit of post-nasal drip, and I need to start hawking tampons, apparently. So, right? <laughs> I love tampons. Yeah. <laughs> um, the old Brenda Vaccaro commercials? Yeah. I, I'm Brenda Vaccaro, and I use play, play text. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's what made me gay in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> it could have. It, it could have. But seriously, the, we see it on our, our, our phones, you know, unhealthy air quality. They yeah. say that this is the worst uh, pollu- air pollution on planet Earth is in the, in the Western United States. But it God. seems like we've got like smoke in the distance, but not as much above us. Yesterday, I could yeah. see the blue. Yeah. But this week we can actually see the sky. Um, you know, they're starting to see um, remnants of the smoke out on the East Coast. They're, you know, my friends on the East Coast are reporting that the sun looks funky to them, and it's giving them some some crazy sunsets. I was like, but it's pretty pretty bad on the Pacific Northwest. 
So my mom's in... I've got a friend up in Portland and I, you know, I check my, on your iPhone, you can actually at the bottom of every city and for the weather, it has the pollution index and they've been in the 400s all week. We've actually, I think the highest I've seen here is about 150 and which is still bad, but it's nothing compared to what LA's had a couple of bad days. Seattle got so bad, they actually had to move the major league baseball game up there from Seattle to San Francisco because San Francisco's gotten better. My mom's in Reno she can't turn on her swamp cooler they're saying because it'll let bad air in so it's bad everywhere it really is my mom's up on the northern oregon coast she was visiting her beach house in manzanita they have a little sign when you drive into manzanita that says uh, we're a little drinking town with a fishing problem yes okay and then uh and so anyway she went to go spend a couple days at her beach house as the fires broke out everywhere and uh and then she was too scared to drive through the fire zone to get back to Portland. She lives in Clackamas County, which is also on fire. And um, so she stretched it out a couple of days waiting for it to be over and, you know, was like taking little corners of her pills and rationing them for a couple of extra days. So among other things, you should let people know that they need to go get a couple of extra. Can you get extra emergency pills from your doctor? Yeah, most times you can actually just call and, and, you know, if you're going out of town or if you can't, um, you know, if people that are going out of the country, I, I often give them a little extra refill earlies that, yeah. that we need, you know, if they need to have extra on hand. It, it makes sense just to keep a little extra safe just in case something like this happens. You know, one of the websites I, I was talking about, talking about air quality, I, have, I don't know if you could see it, it's Air Now. Okay. Yeah, and there's Palm Springs. So we're at uh, just under 100 today. It's 94, saying that it's moderate. So I've been kind of checking our air quality with this app every day just to kind of see how bad it is. And we've got a lot of patients. I have a lot of patients with, with asthma, COPD, emphysema. And this is the, exactly the kind of stuff that triggers exacerbations when you know they're coughing they can't breathe i i sound like this that i'm a little hoarse just from riding my harley i took it to work yesterday and i came home and it was it was awful i mean i was coughing choking i'm like the the air quality is terrible i mean it was blowing right in my face right but it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad out there so i was like well no bike for me until you know, the air quality is a little better so my mom said that the little blue medical masks, I think we all have a little packet of those in your car for emergency in case you forgot the tie-dye one or whatever one. She was saying that those are not good for particulates, that they were telling them that those little simple masks were not good for smoke particulates or whatever. I don't know. Uh, no, they're not meant for that. You know, they're meant for more, you know, viral particles and things like that. It's not going to who has what is meant for that or was she saying that the cloth masks actually are better at that i don't that, you know, that's a good question i don't know i mean we've never had to wear masks to for smoke so yeah. that's something new too so i guess someone could capitalize on that like hey this prevents covid and forest fires I, I do I know that some of the some of the high grade medical ones supposedly help. Uh, my husband Garrett, uh, before COVID, uh, spent most of his time in San Francisco for work, and a couple of years ago they had some bad fires and all the smoke went into the city. And I remember that you could not find. This was back pre-COVID, but you know the N95 or the high rated medical masks that you used to just go to CVS and buy, which right. now of course you can't. You couldn't do that up there. So I remember actually going to the CVS here and buying some for him and then shipping them up to it so hmm. how long is it going to be before we have to um like wear scuba outfits with a regulator <laughs> and a tank on our back 
we're heading there. Okay, so I have a medical question that's been kind of sticking. Uh, one of the things that got into my brain this week was a little bit of information about maybe some of these masks, you're getting tiny particulates of the virus, tiny amounts of the virus, and that small amounts rather than a high viral load may be starting to create some immunity, blah, blah, blah. Talk to me like a grown-up doctor person. So basically it has to do with the viral load. So any, you know, if you're exposed to a smaller viral load, your body has a chance to build up an immunity to it as opposed to getting, having someone cough with COVID right into your face and you're getting a high viral load being, you know, presented to you that your body is now fighting. So with smaller amounts, it's giving the body a little bit of a chance to build up something of an immunity. At least they're saying that in theory. You know, everyone is, is wearing different masks out here. So you really, you know, to determine who has been exposed to what number of viral load, it's kind of hard to say. You know, people are wearing everything from nylon masks, N95s, to surgical masks, to T-shirts. I mean, there's, it's really, who's wearing what, it's hard to know. It's is that gonna help uh, herd mentality? Turd, it sounds like he said turd mentality. Listen to it. He said turd, herd. He, it, he <laughs> says it wrong and then pretends he didn't. Yeah, he doesn't herd. really understand the concept of herd mentality, which is the more people that are immune to a specific disease, the better the community at large is going to be just because it's just not so prevalent everywhere. Right. I was so, trying to find that article where that, that was mentioned that um, and, and unfortunately, I couldn't find it. I don't remember which Daily Digest it was in. But it was an unproven theory, but it's a theory that a lot of doctors, based on what they're seeing, is beginning to think is that there we might actually, masks might actually be helping with the, the herd immunity part of it. Because like, like um, Dr. Laura Rush said, you know, you're getting smaller parts of it and, you know, it's leading to more asymptomatic infections and right. there you go. So, yeah, but it is unproven, so. Well, and just but, yeah, back again to what the, oh, I'm sorry, Laura, go. No, so yeah, I was agreeing with Jimmy. It's not really proven. They're just in theory saying if you're reducing the, the amount of particles you're exposed to, the better your body has in terms of a response, mounting a response. Yeah. It makes some sense, right? On paper, in your head, logically, and all of On that. Paper, so. No, but you know, like they say in immunology, it's complicated. So immunology is, <laughs> is complicated. So is that what they say? It's not always so cut and dry. So Technically, drinking drinking Clorox makes a little sense on some like two year old. Well, I guess so. Also, there was uh, the um, not the Surgeon General the. Ugh, my brain at this hour of the morning, the guy who testified yesterday and said that, you know, it's possible that a mask is actually more preventative if you have one and I have one than the virus and I mean, than the vaccine. So again, they, they'll be thrilled if the vaccine has 50 to 75% effectivity and everybody having a mask on. I'm not sure that I've seen it, the numbers, but talk, talk to that a bit. Well, you're talking about what exactly you're being exposed to and how much you're being exposed to. So if you and I are both wearing N95 masks, there's very little chance that we're going to be transmitting virus to each other. As opposed to if neither one of us are wearing a mask and we're both vaccinated with only a 50 to 60 percent success rate in, in actually conferring immunity from a vaccine. Right. So, you know, you're just reducing the chances. I mean, the best thing right now is when the vaccines are available, get vaccinated, continue to wear a mask when you're out in public and you're out in a high risk area. And 
you know, people, you know, in Asian countries have been doing this for years. You know, they're just mm -hmm. dealing with air quality and exposure. They're wearing masks. It's not the end of the world. I wear one every day and I have been for over a decade. Right. So it's just, you get used to it. I know they're not fun. They're I know not. They're, hot, they're sweaty and it, they feel very impersonal when you're out in public and it's just- There's not anybody loving it, thrilled. That, okay, I like that I can hide my chins with it when I push it down, but other than that, if I'm going, this is my two weeks. Every two weeks I do an actual grocery shop and it takes me like 25 minutes or something. I am sweating by the time I leave there. I don't know if it's the mask or the anxiety of it. I'm sure everyone thinks I have a fever and I have COVID and I realize it's time to go when I'm wiping my brow like this, but nobody's loving it. No, it's not. But you know, when if you have you ever been to Coachella, the music no. festival? No, but so I've been to lots of, you know, concerts yeah. like that. It's out in the middle of a dust bowl and everyone there is wearing a mask. And it's kind of part of the, I, I hate to say it, but like the cosplay that everyone is participating in yeah. is wearing funky masks to prevent the dirt and the dust. And they didn't seem to mind it then. So, Burning man. Right, exactly. So when you're in these environments, people are wearing it and it's okay, but now it's, it feels like it's forced upon you. So I think that's part of the issue is feeling like this is forced upon us yeah. and we're being oppressed somehow. And it's really, you know, wash your hands, wear the mask, try to avoid exposure in large groups of people until we get a better handle on this thing. Yeah. We're getting better. We're getting, I mean, Coachella, we're slowly improving at the positivity rate as Jimmy and I have talked about a hundred times now, yeah. still on the high side. And it has a lot to do with the people that are getting tested right now. We're not testing everybody, um, but the numbers of new infections are going down. So we are have, seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So Actually, I have a question regarding that. Uh, this week, Riverside County, uh, there are numbers would qualify the county overall for the, yeah. I believe it's the substantial Red. tier, not the widespread right. tier, which we're right. in now. That's actually a fairly big deal because it means that movie theaters can reopen at 25% capacity, restaurants, indoor dining can open at 25% capacity, gyms at 10%, things like that. Are we ready in two weeks for that to happen if it indeed happens? I think so. I think so. I, I, if people I think are wearing their mask. I, you know, are they going to start finding? I mean, you know, are they going to start finding people? I, I keep hearing, you know, bits and pieces that they're going to start actually enforcing that, but I haven't seen it. Um, look, it, the people that are not, I've said this before, that are not going to wear a mask, you're not going to get them to wear one. So those, the rest of us need to, need to comply if we want to stay safe. And, you know, it is what it is. I, there I are more people out there with the virus now than there were in May, aren't there? With the virus? Yeah. No, 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 no. Really? I mean, like the number of cases, new cases has dropped substantially. I think it's, I think we had like 153 or something like that in the past week no. of just new cases. Okay. So, no, you're clearing it. The bodies typically should be clearing this virus within two weeks. Yeah. And according, okay. according to CNN in the Philippines, if you get caught not wearing a mask, they'll make you dig graves for COVID victims. That was in a little CNN. Dude, that's amazing. That's a little harsh. Yeah. I, I don't think it's harsh at all. I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty light when it comes to punishment and things like that. But, you know, the other thing I'd seen is is if you are caught not wearing a mask, you have to go volunteer for a day somehow safely in a COVID ward at a hospital. That's another suggestion I saw. 
but you know because there are just certain people out there that don't understand how deadly this is even in riverside county all of the business community the you know the chambers of commerce um some of them are petitioning governor newsom to open up faster yeah. and you know there's some there's some pluses behind that and there's some minuses behind that are. i mean the people yeah. don't care the people just there's some people that just don't care we're not going to make them care you're not going to make them comply they still think it's a hoax they still think that we're overreacting and there's there's no point in arguing with them it's you know save your breath and and save yourself some headaches just take care of yourself that's really what it comes down to i i you know, I see the arguments on social media all the time and the memes. I've got friends and family that are still like, are you sure? Is it really that bad? I'm like, yeah, it, it, it's really that bad. <laughs> it's really that bad. But if, if they're not going to believe me, I, I can't. You know, are any of them Democrats that don't believe it? No. Okay. There's that. I mean, I don't want to be. There are some. There are some. That's what there I are... want to know. There are. There are, um, you know, I, I've seen some people that I know at least, you know, in terms of their, their politics, who they vote for on my Facebook feed who have turned recently. They're just either tired or they saw something con yeah. convince them that it's time to, you know, it's time to reopen. You know, there, there's actually two different camps. And I think it was unfair when I, a minute ago, when I talked about the business community wanting to reopen, when we were just talking about people who don't believe in that. That was unfair. A lot of the business community here believes this is a serious issue, but also believes, you know what, it's time that we need to just kind of move on and be safe and wear masks and take precautions, but that it's time for everything to reopen. So, but yes, there are some, there are a lot of Democrats that are to an extent at least moving in the direction of we need to, we need to move on. Yeah, this COVID fatigue is a real thing and people yeah. are, are tired of li living their lives very limited and not being able to go out and, and participate. And they're over it. And a lot of people are coming up with, you know, hey, look, if you're immune compromised, stay home. Otherwise, the rest of us should be able to get on with it. You know, and not understanding that you could still come home and bring home, you know, friends, right. family, the disease and get them sick. And it's either the, the lack of understanding or lack of caring. But I, I think if we're ready and we open up slowly and we do things correctly, getting and then getting a vaccine on board well you know it's, it's going to be a long process I, dr fauci is even saying we are not going to be done with COVID 19 until the end of 2021 and that is not saying we have to live like this but saying that somebody this is, is speaking it and as soon as he said it everybody else started to say those that number and uh, yeah. uh it's Nobody's surprised, but uh, it's still washing over me and trying to just go ahead. I mean, you just have to keep accepting that there's no end in sight. There's no end in sight. There's no it's end in sight. It's not going to be like we take away the curtain and say, okay, now we're done. It's yeah. gone. It's going to be a, a slow, gradual process. We're still going to have people getting sick and dying from this thing over the next year. It's, it's with us for a long time, but it's, you know, they're not just going to magically say, it's gone and we can all go out and start partying and 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 celebrating in the streets like the day after election day which was what it's we're gonna disappear it's just <laughs> gonna disappear yeah. the thing that gives me hope though is i do think it will continue to get better i mean yeah, yeah you can speak to this obviously a lot better than i can dr rush but you know the treatments are getting better we're learning more about how to stop this you know yeah 
outdoor dining is going to become a, a pleasant thing to do here for the next seven or eight months. And there's a lot yeah. of evidence that outdoor dining is a heck of a lot safer than indoor dining. Yeah. You know, we are learning what we can and can't do. You know, the sports that have been playing, we're learning a lot about, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, in terms of how it spreads and stuff like that. Because, yeah. you know, there was, you know, the, when the Miami Marlins were on the field with a bunch of people who had COVID, no one on the other team got sick. We're learning all these things, both from science and from <laughs> anecdotes. And I think that even though we've probably got another year to year and a half left before, quote unquote, this is over, we can make steps and things can get better before that time. I'm, well, I'm be optimistic about that. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. And we'll be better, better prepared for the next time something like this happens. Yes in terms of how we deal with this going forward so that we're not stuck in a pandemic and yeah. having to like this for two years. We'll be yeah. better prepared. We'll have more PPE available. We'll be able to create vaccines faster and get them out the door and working. And people will be better educated, or so I hope, in terms of how infectious disease processes occur and work. Definitely. Pay attention. Definitely crossing our fingers that, you, that you're right on target. I want to thank you, Dr. Laura Rush, for joining us. We're going to hang on to Jimmy for a little bit, and we will set you, Laura, free for your day. Okay. Thank you for the good news and the bad news and everything else. Get your flu shot. Get your flu yeah. shot is right. Get your flu shot. Stay safe, especially in this crappy air quality. Thank Amen. you, honey. All right. You guys have a good weekend. See good you again see soon. You. Well, we got you, Jimmy Bogle. What is going on in the cvindependent.com daily digest, which we consume every few days voraciously with our eyes? You know, I, I've been sitting here bored. There's no news going on. Oh, shut Nothing's <laughs> happening. It's such, no, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously joking. You know, I've been in the newspaper business in some form or another for almost 25 years. And this is just freaking bonkers between the fires and yeah. COVID and the election and, you know, everything else going on. It's just crazy. Um, as, as we mentioned with, um, with Dr. Rush, uh, reopening could be happening. Um, we are now in the, the, our numbers now qualify Riverside County for moving into the widespread stage, which like I said, is a big deal. And that could happen as soon as two weeks. Meanwhile, in San Diego, which has been open since the end of, um, at that level, since the end of August, they're actually backsliding and they're wow. blaming, um, San Diego State University and, and ask the state not to count the college in their numbers. And the state's like, no, we can't yeah, like, eliminate parts of it. Really so, don't you know, count the numbers? How do you expect them to say yes to that? Well, there, I, I agree with you, but their argument was, you know, our, our, our case rate would actually be well under this if you didn't count what those crazy college kids were doing over at San Diego State. So we shouldn't have to, um, you know, backslide into the more restrictive category. And, you know, the, the thing is, is the state says they're looking at everything on a case by case basis. So theoretically, they could say, okay, even though your numbers are just a little bit over that threshold, you can you can stay at that level. But um, and I think, you know, that's actually a level would be a big deal because it would allow and I have mixed feelings about all of this, I will not lie, it would allow restaurants to open again at 25% capacity, which would be a big deal when you add on um, the the outdoor dining that they can do. Gyms yeah. could open, uh, movie theaters could reopen again. So we'll, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. Um, all right, we're thing, purple now, what would be the next color? I like to think of it, you know. Red, like, we're going from purple to red. Oh, okay. Uh, we're still so. in the top tier of purple and we yeah. haven't crossed yet. 
we have to last two weeks and blah, 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 right? Exactly, so. exactly. And the same thing if in terms of like what San Diego is going through, it has to be two weeks before you move down if they move down. So it's, it's okay. you know, this, this system's got flaws, but I think that it's a lot better than the kind of craziness we had in May and June where it's like, everyone can reopen, who cares? And um, it's about having a plan. It's about having a plan. And this is no a plan much- No plan is gonna be the most- Go ahead. This is a much better plan. Even if you disagree with it, it's it's it makes a lot more sense than the craziness that we had back then. There's going to be something to disagree with with any plan, but the oh, idea yeah. that you have a plan, I think, is you know, is what the whole country is looking for. Yes, and so. we've got a plan here, whether you like it or not. So right, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, the other thing we've been covering a lot is, of course, we've got this election coming up, and oh, really? um, for the last uh, since you know. For the last seven years, The Independent has been doing a series called Candidate Q&A, where we come up with a list of questions. We ask the candidates in every race the same set of questions, and we basically transcribe everything they have to say pretty close to verbatim and put it in, um, put it online because not everything will fit in print because some of these politicians can talk. <laughs> and um, we're... The, the challenge to covering politics in the Coachella Valley is you've got so many levels of government. You've got school boards, water districts, but we've got nine cities. Uh, all of them have city council elections this year. Rancho Mirage, because the Rancho Mirage already did theirs by mail back um, back in, I believe, in March or April. So, so far we've done candidate Q&A with, with all the contested races so far in Palm Desert and in um, Palm Springs. You can read those at cvindependent.com. A small sampling, which is still going to take up four and a half pages of the newspaper in October, will be in the next issue. Um, just a small, teeny tiny sampling of their ramblings. And then we're gonna try to get to as many of the six remaining cities between now and election day um, for Canada Q&A. So that's what's going on. Just a lot of news to cover and it, it never stops. <laughs> It never stops help. And we're glad that you're there keeping your, your blood pressure up uh, daily with the Daily Digest uh, at cvindependent.com. That's where you sign up. Get it in your email box and, uh, and, and eat it up. In, in addition to that, uh, that newsletter, also you've got the best of, which is in round one. You want to give a little plug we, to we that? We just finished round one of voting for our best of Coachella Valley um, on the 28th. That's a week from this coming Monday. Uh, we will start round two voting. We'll announce all the finalists in the 126 categories it is. Um, most categories will have five finalists, and then there will be voting for a month on, on that. And I have to say we had a record number of votes in the first round. Um, and I'm, you know, a lot of papers around the country have been struggling with best ofs because so many businesses are closing. Um, a lot of papers early on were afraid to do best of polls like this because they were afraid that people would be kind of offended by it. It's like, why are you asking us about the best, you know, Mexican restaurant when people are dying from COVID? But, you know, businesses and organizations, you know, all the types of, of things and people and places that would be included in a best of like this are struggling. So it's good to, you know, vote and think about these places and give them some publicity, you know, and even think a little bit about the past. We have a best buffet category, and I don't know if buffets are ever going to be a thing again, but we right. left it in because, you know, 
let's best let's memory of a buffet. Exactly. Well, I want to I want to say that the the thing about these best ofs are, you know, it is P, it is businesses that have engaged the community, and yes. that's why they get voted in. Even some of the ones don't win best of that best of category. They get named, and the ones who win, especially. It, it's on one level uh, a little indicator of who to get behind, right? Yes. Like in trying to keep a business alive, this business has touched enough people in the community that if they're struggling, the community should get behind them. So let's look at it that way. Yes, and especially the way we do ours, not to bash the other best ofs, but I'm going to bash the other best ofs. <laughs> a lot of them are basically clickbaits. They basically, you can come once a day and vote as many times as you want. We don't let people do that. We actually, in order to vote in our best of, you have to put down an email address. We check that email address by subscribing you to the Daily Digest, and you can get it once and unsubscribe, but any emails that bounce, we throw their ballots out, and you can only vote once a day. We watch... Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, once once per round, I'm sorry, you can vote once per round in our best of, because we don't want, you know, a motivated business getting, you know, 30 of their friends with 18 different email accounts to go vote every day and stack the ballots. Now, you know, some businesses are going to be more motivated than others, and, and that's going to happen to an extent even in our poll. But the fact that you can only vote one time per round in this, I think, leads us to have a better set of winners and finalists. Again, it's not perfect, but, you know, we are trying to get some semblance of an idea for those businesses that have moved to this community, so. Yeah, it's more, it's an organic process. Well, we want to thank you, Jimmy Bogle, the uh, publisher and editor and best of basher at the cvindependent.com. Sign up for that Daily Digest. You'll, you'll thank Jimmy for it because it's a great uh, resource. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, honey. We love you. Thanks, John. Thanks, Shan. Okay, next up on the show, we have Lucy and Gail. Lucy and Gail are iconic in our town. They have they were really among the first women to really produce stuff on an ongoing basis. Uh, currently, they have uh, the Palm Springs Women Jazz Festival, which has happened year after year. I think that's kind of how I met them. I was at the Gay and Lesbian Center, and they needed volunteers for the first one. We drug a bunch of volunteers over to the first Women's Jazz Festival. It continues to evolve, and now they're doing virtual stuff. So uh, Lucy DeBartleben and Gail Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Shan. Thank you, this Shan. Is Lucy. Thank you, John. You're it's Lucy. Nice seeing you. Hi, I'm Lucy. I'm Gail. <laughs> so tell us, start right with now. We'll work our way, we'll reverse engineer it, but tell us about the virtual series you got coming up right now. Well, okay. Well, but before we, we, we tell you about our virtual series, I want to give you a little background. Um, uh, when the pandemic started, we read an article where 60% of musicians feared that they would not work in the business again. And that got us started to thinking, we have really got to turn this around. So uh, by April, we realized that we had to go from uh, live venues to virtual programming. And uh, we had our first uh, uh, series back in uh, um, June. Yeah, probably June. June, June yeah. and we've been doing events every, every month. And uh, it has turned out to be the best programming I think that we've ever done uh, virtually. And that is because we have this magnificent team of producers from the festival. 
And um, so, so we're, we're very excited. This has been a, a great start. And uh, Gail will tell you about our uh, programming, what we have going on now and right. in the future. And now we'll, tell, now we'll do what you asked, Shan. I'm sorry we were just misbehaving <laughs> there for a moment. That's okay. I can expect <laughs> that from you. We've, <laughs> we've got two wonderful con uh, concerts coming up. As Lucy said, we do monthly concerts. We've got coming up next Sunday, September 27th at 3 o'clock Pacific time on Facebook Live a marvelous artist. Her name is Cynthia Lee Thomas. Uh, she's a local artist. She was at Woody's. That was the first time that we saw her. Oh, yeah. And she uh, just uh, rocks our world. She is one of the most interesting jazz singers that we've seen uh, in a long time. Uh, we say she's going to be a new experience. She's not a new artist. She's been around a long time. She writes her own, her own music. Uh, but uh, we can hardly wait, and we really encourage you uh, to look at this because our mission is to promote women jazz musicians, and this is what we want to do. Uh, and you are going to be the first to know, Shan, that we've got a concert coming up sometime in the next couple of months. We haven't set a date, but it's going to be yeah. uh, uh, our a virtual uh, version of the festival. And we've got the marvelous Diane Shore. Oh my God! Oh my God! I love all Diane Shore. All the concerts are free, uh, oh, and our so donations amazing. go to. Uh, we give the money to local artists to help them uh, keep food on the table yeah. till the clubs uh, finally open. But we're so excited about Diane Shore, and Cynthia Lee Thomas is gonna knock your socks off, as the old folks say. You know, as crazy as it seems. Uh, I think artists were the most terrified at the beginning yeah. because for the most part, we don't have the structure. We don't have the 501, 401k. I don't even know what the heck it is. I think they're made by <laughs> Levi jeans who, I don't know, but it is, it has been the artists that have been able to pivot and I'm so tired of saying it, but that is what it is. And it has, lifted us up in a way. The things that art and teams of artists and producers and films and we are finding spectacular ways to do something even more grand than we imagined, right? We agree. We that, agree. That, uh, that's right. And you know, our, our first impulse is obviously to help people who need food and rent, etc. Yes. But you know, culture and art and music are such an important part of your daily life. You know, we, we, don't, uh, we don't miss it until it's not there. there. And it really is a vital part of what makes us all work. Well, and we I want to say as well that as soon as COVID started and the, you know, the disparity of need and uh, equity uh, came, became obvious, you guys were the first to hop on making um, a crisis hotline and, uh, you know, and connecting people again, like when you guys do something, I hop on. When you made a women's business organization, I paid my money and I joined. When you made a hotline, I got on the phone because I trust what you, you know, what you guys are going to do. And you, and we did it. We answered the phones. And in fact, the whole community came to that answer. And within a couple of months, we didn't need to make that connection so much directly anymore. But in the transition, you guys were, were there for that. I know there was, I took a call of a lady who was alone in her house and hadn't been out in weeks and needed someone to take her out grocery shopping. And she didn't even want to 
have groceries brought to her. She wanted out of her house That's for right. the first That's time. Right. In I, I remember that. Somebody with the mask. I went and I got a mask. They brought her the mask. They were in a car for two minutes together. And so I saw what it is. You guys are more than just music and more than just politics. You're connecting the culture, right? I love that. Well, thank you for those, thank you. Uh, thank for those you. kind words because we really want to be a part of making the Coachella Valley and Palm Springs, uh, uh, just to have a vibrant, important lesbian community. And to, uh, like I said, we are tired of being the wives to the gay men. We'd like to have our own identity. And yeah. we'd like to really, uh, you know, have a lesbian community that works. And, and what we are find the most interesting is people are constantly telling us, hey, we're gonna move to Palm Springs still you know and that's uh you yeah. know but they'll die of a heat stroke but uh, they're gonna come anyway so how do we connect our audience to uh to the performances that you have on facebook where do folks go on facebook uh, we have uh, two facebook pages we have gail christian and we have the palm springs women's jazz festival uh, facebook page which also gives you a lot of videos of, of female artists and tells you uh, what's going on with uh, women musicians, and those are the places. And we've also got a wonderful new uh, website that's Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival org. Uh, that's uh, absolutely the best. We've totally redone the website to uh, great. Uh, address the you know the pandemic. I know you've been working with Sunny Wood, who does really good work. And I also want to say that on your Facebook page, I'm not sure about the website, but you can see the concerts that you've already missed. They're still available That's on right. your own time. So Palm Springs, not PS, it's Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival yes. on Facebook and uh, .org on the web. You got yes. something you want to spit out, Lucy? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to say that you can go onto the website and see the previous uh, virtual concerts we've produced. Uh, we've done Divas 1 and Divas 2 Sweet and Baby all Jay. of the Sweet Baby J and all of the proceeds uh, went to the artist. Fabulous. So as soon as the hotline was over, we were on to our next uh, uh, programming, which was to support the local artist. And Shan, we'd like to thank you for always being there uh, for us and always supporting what we do. Uh, we, we really appreciate that. And we really yeah. appreciate the fact that you and John uh, keep us on the radar. Thank, I would you. Be Thank you. I would be remiss if I didn't mention a, a guest on the show and a friend of the show uh, is multiple Grammy nominee Tierney Sutton. And when she oh, was on. Okay, okay, right, <laughs> and right. She said, you gotta hook me up with these women. So oh, that's right. You know, right. that's interesting because we just had a meeting last week about who's next, and uh, her name came up, and there was a, a conversation about her, and we're a big Tierney Sutton fans. Good. All right. Well, we'll hook, we'll hook you up because she's been doing Thank stuff you. with her husband in Paris, France, virtually. Okay. Oh my. <laughs> so nominated. Over 10 times? Um, oh, that's right. She is a, she's a major artist. Yeah. She really yeah. is. She's yeah. amazing. She wants to play with us, so. Yeah. And she we, yeah we, we, we saw her at the uh, Annenberg, uh, at the Palm Springs Art Museum. Yeah, yeah. Sold yeah. out. It was yeah. amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for being thank on you. the show. Thank, thank you, you for Jen. having us. Thank you, John. And Bye, good guys. luck to you. Thanks again. Thank you.
So, you two have been seeing each other behind my back, have you? Yes, we have. But at least his husband was there the whole time. Last night, uh, Charles Dravkin, who is the Gay Desert Guide food blogger, among many other things. He is a chef extraordinaire and uh, usually my first text of the morning. Uh, I welcome to the show and I thank you for dinner last night, Mr. Dravkin. Oh, my pleasure. It was fun seeing you. It was fun going out to a dinner with someone who wasn't just my husband. I mean, it's fun going out to dinner. It's fun going, like, you know, the mundane has become really exciting. And where'd you go? Uh, so we went to Lulu, uh, Lulu California Bistro right on Palm Canyon. It was my first time uh, sort of being, I guess, not exactly in the new, uh, you know, closed down zone, but right next to it. Um, yeah. And, and really my first time eating kind of in a busy part of Palm Canyon. I, I'd eaten a trio, which, but that's so far north that there's not a lot of action going on there. Right. Um, but I mean, we were, we were in the heart of it. There were people everywhere. It was a little- It was my first time at a restaurant since May when we tried to start to open up. I tried a couple times. I had friends who'd recovered from COVID. I had a visitor who had a clean COVID test. So right. when it opened up, I went out to dinner with those couple of people. And uh, and the third place I went to ended it for me. It soured me. They weren't doing anything right. And and so it's been since May for me. And I'm so glad I was there with you because I know that you're pretty serious about your you know your safety issues. The few people I've put in my bubble are. Um, I had not seen the downtown stuff. I had not seen any of the new precautions that people are using, but. It was kind of exciting, right? I freaked out when someone put a glass of water full of ice cubes. I was like, look at water. I was so excited. <laughs> First of all, my ice maker's broken and I have to hand chisel every piece of ice, but it was so nice to be out with you. Thank you. Tell uh, us about it. It was just, I mean, it's just so nice to, it's so nice to do things that are sort of normal, especially, yeah. at least for me, uh, you know, I, I barely leave the house. Like I, I like I know that a lot of people are being a, a little bit less cautious than I am, and you know we're all making our own choices. Um, but I am really on the far end, I think, of the spectrum. Although for me, it feels like I'm in the center because I know people who are much more cautious than I am. You know, I think we all kind of land in in the center of whatever our social network is. Yeah. So. so we had a lovely waiter. <clears throat> it was a beautiful, I mean, Lulu's one of my favorite places to be in town. And they sort of echoed the indoor stuff. Right, they, so they've expanded, they've created a parklet. Uh, so expanded, I think, 11 feet out from the curb. Uh, they have yeah. they've mirrored what the interior is with uh, sails, like very colorful sails. Um, it's, it's, it's very pretty, it's very kind of park-like. Um, you, they put down the astroturf out on the street in that extension, so it does give it a warm. Nice. It doesn't feel like you're sitting in the street. Right. Uh, it feels like you're sitting in an, a, a restaurant or in a you know the patio or the garden. Patio. Restaurant. I love that term. I've never heard that before. They made a parklet. Oh yeah, that's what they're called. These little extensions. Uh, that's the I guess technical term. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. Uh, so yeah, there. It was lovely. Like, I, it's it's just so nice to be out and doing things and, and feeling safe. And you know, I think that like uh, 
Lulu, they have a little sticker on every table with a QR code where right. you point, point your camera at it. And so that's where you, how you get the menu. So there's no menu touch. Um, they have, they, they come up to you uh, when, when they see you and they kind of give you a rundown of the rules. Um, you know, please put your mask on whenever your waiter comes up uh, or if you have to, you know, get up for any reason. Um, I saw them spraying down tables. I mean, restaurants are always really good at, at sanitation anyway, but you could see that they were really making an extra effort to, uh, to, to clean and to sanitize everything. Um, I even went to the restroom. What? In a public place. I can't believe that. Yeah, I, I think it was the first, first time I've done that. <laughs> my life is so weird. Um, oh my God. But uh, yeah, I had to tinkle, and uh, so I, I I got up and, and went in there, and you know there's how it works. <laughs> there was he chose not to pee in the parklet. Right, I didn't want to pee in the parklet. That seemed inappropriate. Um, I don't think the other diners would have been super excited about that. But there was like a hand sanitizer station right outside the bathroom, so you know after I touched the door and things, and then I didn't have to touch any door to get back to our table. Um, Fabulous. It was nice, and the food, of course, you know, is always good. Like, like they just do a great job. And uh, I had my favorite. We had actually, I eat appetizers there more than anything. Like, every, and I love to sit at the high tops, which are you know low priced all day long. And you know, I'm a regular. I Lulu is among my favorite places. And uh, you picked the wedge for us to share, and then uh, that ahi avocado tuna stack. Right. Just, I, think I mean, I don't ever go there and not order it. So we ordered it and we shared it. I think Lulu does appetizers just phenomenally. Yeah, um, they were so good. And uh, so, and and actually, that's how I prefer to eat too, especially because, like, to commit to a whole entree is a lot for me. Um, right, and uh, there's stuff, other stuff I want, so I can have three things if I don't have the yeah. So I'm all about the pork chop. Yeah. Every time. And their burger is really good. My husband yep. got the burger. Um, uh, I I got the vegetarian squash with uh, quinoa, which was really good. Um, so it was nice. And then, yeah, we shared a plate or the appetizer plates. And we were really cautious about kind of had dedicated forks and, and things. We that, did. That we used to put on our little appetizer plates. And OK, but we were trying to share one thing in half and one thing in thirds. Right. And so I undertook cutting one of them. And I cut it the wrong direction. I did half instead of third. So there is this moment where I took half of the appetizer and put it on my plate, but it was the one I should have only taken thirds of. And there was just a whole family history of taking the last bite or the wrong piece of chicken. And oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. You guys were laughing your head off at me. And But we were careful. We, we took the little dessert sample and cut it into three pieces before anybody touched anything with a hermetically sealed fork. <laughs> Poured bleach all over it. No, we didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's good. It's good for people that uh, that read your blogs in GayDesertGuide.com to know that you are among one of the most cautious people that we know about about um, exposure to COVID, and that that your trips to restaurants are you're you're going to be hypercritical of those things. Right. I'm. You know. I if I don't feel comfortable, I'm going to walk away. I don't care 
you know, I, I don't care. I will, if, if it's not, if it doesn't feel good to me, I'm not going to stay there. Um, well, it's good to know that, you, that you're vigilant uh, about COVID, but it's also good to know that you know your shit when it comes to food. As a uh, blogger, a chef, an educator, it's Charles Drabkin. You can read him in gaydesertguide.com, and we appreciate everything you do. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. He tipped 30% too, by the way. Just want to say. All right. They were thinking about the waiters and the situation. So I saw the 30% tip go up. You know, the, you know. People, people are struggling. Like, yeah. and you know, I, my husband and I are both very lucky. We both have kept our jobs, our, not just my day kid as a guide job, but I, I've kept my, my regular job and my husband works for Eisenhower. So we're not going out to eat as much as we used to, um, like, at all uh so we want to help people who are who are having a, a rough time of it and at wait staff they're putting their lives on their on the line to give me an enjoyable evening like let's do them a solid thank you charles drabkin i love you love you too i'll talk to you soon Wow, thank you for uh, putting together this great group of uh, folks, Shan. Uh, Lucy and Gail, seeing their faces during this episode was just very refreshing because they are definitely powerhouses. So how do you go to their, their Facebook group? Is it, what's? It's Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival dot org. All right, I should be writing this stuff down. I know, but it's it's not concise, but it's sort of easy to remember when you realize that's what it is that they do. Um, and Charles Drabkin, you find him as the food blogger on Gay Desert Guide, and you can find him in his own living room 99% of the time, uh, like the rest of us. And I want to say that I'm going to see you on Sunday and Charles on Sunday and a couple of other people from our circle because we are filming at the closed down opened up for us, Hotel Zoso. We are shooting a little bit of a one of my crazy ideas, which is a super soaker water ballet splash mob insanity at night. A so, splash mob. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That is so cool. Looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks we can put out maybe just something as simple as a little TikTok video from from doing this water ballet. Silly. A splash mob. All right. Well, thanks for being part of our mob here on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. We'll see you next week. Brad Furrow will, will be back, our gay desert guide. And uh, thanks, Shan. So I'll see you Sunday. Thanks, John. Thanks for keeping it all together for us. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.